From the Duck South Studios in Oxford, Mississippi. We're mass communicating. It's a bold strategy, Cotton. Let's see if it pays off for them. This is the End of the Line Podcast, powered by DuckSouth.com. I gave it a, uh, a 10. A 10. Sweep the leg. You have a problem with that. And now, here's your host, Rocky LaFleur. I bet you slice into the woods a hundred bucks. Gambling is illegal at Bushwood, sir, and I never slice. Also starring Josh Webb, Jake LaTondras, Rob Kroon, David Ellis, and Ramsey Russell. Showtime. All right, here we go. Hold your ears, folks. It's showtime. Showtime, everybody! Showtime! Welcome to the End of the Line podcast. I'm Rocky LaFleur in the Duck South Studios in Oxford, Mississippi. Joining me on the end of the line, Lee Chose. Jake LaCondris. Guys, how are y'all? Good. Good. How about you guys? Good. Good. Good morning. You know, usually we have a huge pre-production show just to prepare everybody out there. We we said hello and we hit the record button. Jake is on the way to the airport. Jake, you just got back from Bassmasters, oh. right? And you're turning around and jumping on another plane? Yep, I did. I just got back yesterday morning from Oklahoma and uh, Bassmaster, and then I'm going to catch a plane this morning, uh, headed up to Michigan to meet up with Kevin Van Dam, do a photo shoot with him. Oh, say hi to him for me. I will, for sure. It always comes up. Every time I see him, every time I see him, your name comes up. (laughs) Oh, man. Well, he's, he's, gosh, is he a class act, that guy. Mm-hmm. He really is. Yeah, he's he, a he's he's a pro's pro. That dude, no doubt. You know, every time I'm no with doubt. him, or I was photographing him back back in the day. I mean, you'd think he wanted to talk about fishing. He never talked about fishing. All he wanted to talk about was hunting. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's exactly cool. right. Oh yeah, he's a he's, cool dude, man. He's actually coming up to do a deer hunt with us at Prairie Rock this fall. Uh, he and his brother-in-law are coming up to hunt mule deer with us. Mm, very cool. Yep, looking forward very to Very cool. Yep. Uh, Lee, man, the boss. This, it's been the crazy. I'm, I don't believe that I've ever stood back and watched something as crazy as this boss ammo deal. Me man, this, it is nuts. I'm not, I am not just saying that because I'm, you know, you know a little bit behind some of it there you know but i've i've been a part of a lot of launches product launches rebrands you know blowing up brands and totally rebuilding them or even starting new ones you know i mean i've been part of lots of them in the art industry for a long time and i mean people ask me if i've seen anything like this before and i'm like no no i really haven't that's not fun to watch from oh, the outside is, looking man. in, it's it's really fun to watch because, you know, uh, like you said, you uh, your launches and 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 uh, you know marketing uh, uh, explosions from the past weren't really exposed like they are now because of social media and whatnot. So it's very very visible. Not not that it wasn't before, but it's just that much more visible now. 
and it's fun to watch you know the the progress and and uh all the all the amazing uh imagery and particularly the write-ups you have about it lee it's really cool man you guys like the narrative always yes Mm -hmm. here's here's my thing of why it's fun to watch here's the reason that it's so fun because i I've never seen an emerging company like Boss communicate with clients and potential clients the way that they do. Mm-hmm. If you ask a question as busy as they are, mm-hmm. it's answered. Every Flash single table. afternoon or night, mm-hmm. they're, they're doing some type of live to communicate mm-hmm. with and answer any mm-hmm. questions anybody has. If you want to run this, you know the thing about it, you sit back and watch these companies that are really successful. The ones that communicate well, they're successful. They do well. For the mm-hmm. most part, that's that's very true. And I don't honestly look at it like, you know, I know I know you're all you're you're very inclined to the narrative, Lee. But when I look at it and I read your when I read your you know your post or your narrative, uh, if you will. I don't really look at it like, well, that's a narrative. I look at it like, well, that's Lee. <laughs> you know, I mean, mm-hmm. you just, yeah. you just, you know, you're just keeping it real, and you're just keeping about how you see it, how you see life, and mm-hmm. it's way, it goes way beyond hunting and and all mm-hmm. and shooting ducks and all that stuff. It's about how it makes you feel a certain way, and that's that's mm-hmm. what I really enjoy. About I, it. And, I, and I believe that's probably what makes it so successful as well. Oh, I yeah. hope it does. I I. I should mm-hmm. clarify one thing. I mean, I what I mean by narrative, my na- what I mean by the narrative, the boss narrative is not necessarily like the stories I write or whatever they, you know, it's the narrative to me. There's narratives that I would love to help change in our industry or steer in a, di- a different direction because I think there's a number of false narratives out there that are detrimental to the long-term health of our sport mm-hmm. and we can get into that you know some other time and but back, rocky back to what you were saying about answering people i really really hope that i can always do that or the bossman as we like to call him can always do that i hope we're always there and let me tell you why like Obviously, things are way different today at marketing-wise, like bringing a product to market and how you communicate with the customer, especially being the very, very first shot shell company that's direct to consumer. I mean, you think about that. I mean, it literally is David and Goliath stuff, right? I mean, think about those major shell manufacturers i think it's sort of like back in the day on network tv when you had cbs and abc and nbc and you think well i mean that's all there is and then all of a sudden here comes this little unknown rupert murdoch with fox and he winds up with this super bowl right And you're like oh boy like Mm -hmm. what just happened here and it quite honestly it happened in the shotgun world, when it was Winchester, Remington, and Browning, the big three. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden, here comes this black, ugly gun from Italy with an inertia 
an inertia system in it, and it like it steamrolled them. And by the time people react, it's getting late in the game, and it's like turning an aircraft carrier around. And that's kind of what, like, so when I talk about, okay, so Rocky, when you, you, you mentioned communicating with people, I look at marketing is, marketing's no different than it's ever been, just the vehicles are way different. Oh, I agree. The same, the agree. same stuff 100%. applies. So, so let's think in, like, let's take, I use this analogy when I'm talking to Brandon or the bossman and talking to people about it. Remember, as a kid, going into a local hardware store in the country, like let's say you're on a pheasant hunt or a duck or goose hunt or a deer hunt somewhere, and you go into that old hardware store. I'm talking in the 60s now, right? Late 60s, early 70s. You could go in there and that guy or lady, whoever worked there, could talk about the product that was in there. You could go in there and buy a Winchester Model 70 Pre-64 308, and they could talk to you about the right kind of ammunition to run through it. They could even talk to you about where you're going hunting, what you're doing, all kinds of stuff. So mm -hmm. can you imagine walking up to a customer or a customer walking up to a hardware store, dude, and saying, hey, um, I'm really interested in your shells. I've heard a lot about them. Um, can you tell me a little bit about like I have a 12 gauge like what kind of choke what kind of choke should I be using or what kind of shot size I see you guys talk a lot about two and three quarter inch shells why okay so think about a guy behind a counter hearing that and then turning around and walking away from him mm -hmm. that's what social media is like when somebody mm -hmm. direct messages us or asks us a question we answer it. I mean, I love answering their questions. And they act like it's some revelation. Nobody's talking to them. Oh, it's, it's an absolute blast. If you ask me, I, 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 think, I think that's the biggest deal. Mm -hmm. That makes sense? I, oh, I think I, you, you were, I, was, I was reminiscing about some, you know, Year, a few years ago, more than a few years ago, but some time ago, when you started noticing that change, like you're talking about, I remember going into, as a kid, going into the hardware store with my dad, just true value hardware, and talking to the, the owner, it was the owner of the, the business that was always behind the counter, he was always very helpful selling guns or flashlights or boat paddles or fishing tackle or tools or whatever it was, and then as as and I'm going to say this, hopefully I, I don't get lit up for it. But if I do, I don't really care either <laughs> because it's the truth. Oh, go ahead. You know, let's, eat, let's let it. Let's yeah, let's let's. Hey, let's let her rip right now. I just yep. threw some gas on the fire. So you know this. This is what you're talking about. In my opinion is about ego and dropping. You know, you guys don't have an ego. You've or, or, or we all have an ego, but you've dropped that from your you know, from your customer service and when when pro staff and all and 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 calling competitions became more of a, a trendy um trendy thing, especially the pro staff operations when you know when brands started just basically uh, not hiring but but pulling all these young guys into and, and girls 
into their brand. And then these companies, you know, say big box stores started hiring these pro staffers to work for them. That's where the ego started to slip. And in my opinion, that's where customer service started to slip because there's too, way too much ego involved and people wanted, you know, wanted the, these, these egotistical guys or, or people wanted everyone to think that they were, they knew more than they did. And that's where you lose the customer because who wants to walk into a store, ask someone about a product that they're about to purchase, spend their hard-earned money on, and have someone belittle them because of their ego? I mean, what 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 is that? Mm-hmm. Am I'm I, sure am you I have... offline here? Oh God! Oh no! I mean, there's it's you know no not at all. You know you're right because there's yeah. No, you're absolutely right. I see it online every day. Yeah, <laughs> it's ridiculous. <laughs> oh, it's it's. I'm telling you, like that. Okay, so when I was talking about at boss, like false narratives. Okay, that's what I'm talking about. So a narrative for an, another company might be: we're just going to buy people. They're bought and paid for, and that's why they stump for our product. Think about that. I don't want that. I don't want any of that. Mm-hmm. The only people we're ever going to answer to is the consumer. That's it. We're not going to have this mega paid for bro staff where it, 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 it's just fake. I, I don't mm-hmm. want any part of fake. Mm-hmm. If, I, if we can grow this thing organically with people, and by the way, you can talk about marketing all you want, but when you're marketing the best product on the market at the very best price, which is what it is, it's when you combine all that together, you have a little powerhouse, and that is what's going on right now. I mean, that product is fantastic. I like There's, to see I mean, companies doing going direct to consumer instead of going through a middleman. I like but, that. The market is not what it once was, so why why spend that ten percent to you know for a middleman to get your product out when you can you have every avenue in the world to get a product out these days and sell it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, mm-hmm. there's we'll be honest here though too. Like let's give credit where credit's due. I mean, there's been a lot of good brands and a lot of good products that have been built that older traditional way and oh it has quite honestly i've been quite honestly i've been a part of a lot of them but just take right now take take boss right because i but we can talk about that because it's real and it's relevant right if i tried to launch boss at the box stores right now there's there's no way they'd allow it there's no way they'd have it they'd squash you right so this this way here's the other thing a lot of products, and I've been part of lots of them. So I'm talking firsthand here. This isn't this isn't necessarily well. It's my opinion, but it's a very good opinion based on a large body of work for a couple decades. Many products, high high margin, low cost goods from China. A lot of that stuff. I'm not saying all of it. 
but a lot of it, and you've heard this term, is has been made a race to the bottom, right? We've all heard that, right? Mm -hmm. Yep. Okay, so when you think about that, and I look at it right now, I say, I say in many cases, well, they won. It's a race to the bottom. And the consumer pays, pays the price for it. Now, I hope I'm not pouring grease on a fire here, but and I'm going to say again, it's not that way in all cases. But in many cases, it is. All the money is somewhere else instead of the value going to the consumer. That's the beauty in being direct to consumer. Nobody comes back at you and says, hey, we need a few more points this year. We need, we need more money for advertising for you. We need this. We need that. Where's that money come from? Well, we don't answer that. We don't answer to that. We answer the consumer, and we take that money, and we put that money in making the very best product that we can make. I don't. I. I want to say it's a great, a, the best value, but I don't like the word value because I feel companies like Walmart have bastardized, bastardized that word so bad that I don't even want to use it. However, I can't think of a better one. But what I'm talking about is real value, best product, best price. We hope we try for best customer service and we love talking to the consumer so i don't know i don't how long i don't know how long it'll roll like this but it's it's a freight train right now it's a blast what do you guys think what do you see what do you guys see in in terms of for, you mean from in in a Entire market from a big picture perspective? No, just, just outside looking in at what Voss looks like. I mean, that David and Goliath thing, right? What do they look like? I mean, I think I think it looks, I think you look right now, from my perspective, I think you're past, you were at the David and Goliath um, perspective, but I think you're past that now because, and I think it has a lot to do with, the the you know the access to distribution um getting the right people involved that you have you know writing the stories and the narratives that you have and especially the imagery and the branding that you stamped on that thing um i think you're past the david and goliath stage i mean you still got you know there's still there's always a mountain to climb but i think it's you know i see it a lot man i see it all over the place i hear people talking about it um, you know, we're, we're, that, that's, that's how, that's what I see right now at this moment. Rocky, what do you think from the outside looking in? Like, I, like I said, to start it all off, uh, it's pretty fun to watch because there's a lot to be learned for other companies watching what you guys are doing or for that person that's just starting out something new kind of brings us to our next topic man if you want to imitate something successful geez or 
it's just fun to watch because any time that you communicate with your clients or potential clients, you're going to be successful. You know, I'm, Jake and I have had that conversation multiple, multiple times on this show. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It, there's so many people. It goes back to something I ran into yesterday. Bought a truck about a month ago. They like to give me the key. You know, everything's on a remote now. Well, you know, if I was calling them to buy another truck, if I was calling to buy another truck, they would blow my phone up. But since I'm just calling to get the key that they already owe me from when I bought my truck, they don't have time for me. But it's so opposite in watching what boss is doing. There's always communication going on. The the reason that they're out of product every day is because the product's really good, but because you you hear so many people that you trust in the waterfowling industry talking about it, how much they love it, but also on the other side, there's constant communication from people within Boss. That to me is just it's it's fun to watch. It's authentic. You want to you want to be successful, be authentic. Just like we've talked oh. about that weeks ago. Oh, for sure. Oh, for sure. Approach authentic, original, and approachable. So I rambled to say all of that, but I hope you took a lot away from what I said. Mm-hmm. I got a yeah, question. No, I, I got a question, Lee. Yeah. How do you so so in in the situation the boss brand is in right now, how do you manage or do you believe that you can grow too fast? And if so, how do you manage growing too fast so you don't get ahead of yourself in the market to where, you know, you have bigger questions to answer like if you run out of inventory or or whatever whatever those things might I'm sure you've seen that plenty of times where companies grow too fast. How do you manage mm-hmm. that? Is that a fair question? It's a fair question. I just don't think I'm the right one to answer it. In Rocky? Fact, I mean I mean we I mean are we gonna I mean do I think you can grow too fast? Yes, because I've seen it happen. I um like let's say people say your like your your site says out of stock on certain shelves or whatever you're out of stock, and then they go, well that's a really good problem to have. I'm like, well I mean I guess that's one way of looking at it, but it's still a problem, right? <laughs> because I mean once they when they come to the site and they want to buy shells, you want to convert them right there. You know, I want people, I want those shells in people's hands and them shooting them because once they see what they do, that's what does it. Yeah. The, yeah, the, we, we love the, we love the cool branding on the red box and we dig the new money bag. And people ask like, why do you call that bag the money bag? And it's because what's inside of it is just, it's money inside of it. You know, that's why Mm -hmm. it's, uh, I don't, it's, do I think it can grow too fast? Yeah. Yeah, I do. And are we growing really fast right now? Yes. Okay, so here, think about this. October 6th last year is when we launched 
on Instagram. Wow. Okay? So we're not we're not quite a year old yet. So when you look at analytics and you're trying to figure out how to project what from June to July looks like, July to August, does it ramp up? Are people going to like it? Are people going to buy it? Is this going to work? I mean, these are all questions that you have. I mean, you've got your nuts on the chopping block, right? I mean, you're all in. Mm-hmm. All, your chi- all your chips are pushed in the table right now, and you're like, boy, oh, boy, I sure hope they come. <laughs> you know? <laughs> you know? <laughs> and then all of a sudden they start coming, and you watch analytics, and you're like, oh, boy. Oh, boy, this is working. <laughs> and it's like right now, you're like, you know, when you look at a bell curve and you see a, any kind of bell curve, like when something blows up and it's like riding along on the bottom and then it starts to slowly, slowly sweep up. And then you hit that thing where you're like going vertical. Mm-hmm. We, we don't know what vertical looks like yet. Mm-hmm. I, in it, but is it blowing up? Oh, it's blowing up. It's, I mean, whether you want it to happen or not, oh, it's, it's, it's on. It's on right now. But I don't know, because we've only been alive for a little bit less than a year, we don't have anything to base it against. We don't have a baseline. But, I'll say this. I mean, we're, I, let me say this, Lee, because you, you can answer this question. Can a business grow too fast? Yes. But as long as you are able to manage the percentage of people that can't get your product, if you mm-hmm. keep that at a managed uh, mm-hmm. lower level, mm-hmm. I, I think that you 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 can be fine. But if you grow too fast, where you have too many people disappointed because they can't get their hands on the product. Yeah, I think it can blow up in your face. But if you, as long as you keep that at a managed level and an and a won't always, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. you don't you get what I'm saying. Yeah, oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Right, here's here's another thing, and this is this is another part where communicating directly with the consumer is really really a cool thing because you can be open and transparent exactly. with them because Bingo. they'll ask. They'll ask you. They'll they'll just get on and they'll go. I was just on your site. I'm trying to buy. I'm trying to buy that two and three quarter in shorty, which is a number five. It's just turning into this go to classic load already, and for good reason. And they're like, it says out of stock. Well, the truth is, even though the site says out of stock, if you call Meg at the shop and tell Meg what you're after. Meg will tell you exactly when it's going to be made and when it will ship. I mean, who does that? Mm-hmm. Think about it. Who does that? You can't go anywhere and get that. So now, how do I get to all the people and tell them that? I mean, just because the site says out of stock, it's really not because we're making product every day and meeting requests and orders daily. Mm-hmm. I mean, I... I hear the numbers from the shop that case orders that they're shipping a day. I mean, it's just, I mean, it just 
it blows me away. <laughs> I mean, if you would have said, I knew it was going to be a good one. I had a good feeling about it, but not this. This is just a wild ride right now. My- I'm glad the people. I'm glad the people like it. That's what makes me happy. They're successful. And, you know, like one of those narratives I told you that I have is, Jake, you and I have talked about this. And I read this report where between 3.4 and 3.7 million waterfowl are lost due to crippling every year. That's roughly a third of the harvest. That's an alarming number to me. So when I say if I can help change a narrative, and it would be to definitely well, buy better shells, pattern your gun, learn what your gun does, put it on paper, try different chokes, be honest about how you hunt and the kind of shots that you take. Don't take marginal shots. All these things are what I, that's what I consider a narrative. And if we can yeah, change heard, that, think it. Hmm? Go ahead. I haven't heard that. I haven't heard that, Lee. I haven't heard oh, yeah. that. Oh yeah. Maybe I'm mm-hmm. not listening well enough. But that mm-hmm. what an awesome point that is. Well, so because, now think I about mean, that. It, 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 it's killing waterfowl stone dead, goose and ducks. Oh yeah. Everything that killer. I read from different people. Oh yes. Yeah. yeah. If you really sit back and think about all the people complaining for for how long now? Thirty years? Thirty five years? People mm-hmm. have been complaining about steel shot mm-hmm. and the the loss and the number mm-hmm. of cripples that that mm-hmm. happened with steel shot. Mm-hmm. Wow, you change that narrative because that's one of the biggest mm-hmm. things that people talk about getting in a that's duck it. blind. No, no, I think you know a lot. What, now you're at. I was going to say. You're at, go, go ahead. Now you're at the. Now you're at the crux of boss right now. Now you're in. Now you're in the belly of the beast right now. That's it. And if you do have a cripple, one shot's going to kill it. Dead. So think about, let's say the three of us went out and we're decent shooters and the birds are decoying and we have a well-trained retriever with and you shoot your birds and you go, that's really cool. You take great shots. You take your turns. It's awesome. And you have no cripples. Right? I would love to start hearing from people direct message going, dude, these shells are awesome. What's really cool is we shot a limit of ducks today or a half limit and never lost a bird. That's what I want to start hearing. What if we could cut that number in half? 3.4 to 3.7 million, cut it in half. You're looking at sending... 1.7 1.7 to 1.85 million birds back to the breeding grounds. That that's something that's on us as that's sportsmen, cool. and we don't we don't need more laws, more regulation, better habitat conditions, praying for rain. We don't need any of that. That's something we can control. That's a narrative change. That's what I'm mm-hmm. talking about. You're taking, you're taking, your narrative is you're taking responsibility for something that's, that's been overlooked and that's been taken for granted really since Steel Shot came about. When did Steel Shot come about? Back in the early 91. or late, late 80s, early 90s, yeah. 
Not okay, well. Ninety one. So, ninety one. Ninety one was the ban. It started before that, but right. ninety one was. Yeah, the yeah, ban. yeah. I remember back in the eighties when steel shot started coming on onto the shelves. For that reason, it was sort of a transition, you know, feathering in the transition into steel shot. But then when it became a federal law, that's when it started. Where nowadays there may be I don't know I don't know half. You know, the waterfowlers under a certain age, whatever demographics that is, they may not even understand that responsibility because they're just, they're so accustomed to shooting steel shot. They may look at cripples like, well, that, they don't even think about it being the shell. They think about it being either, you know, they, they missed or they're taking shots too far. Or as long as they knock one down, then they count that into their big, you know, cordwood piles of, of ducks or geese that they're shooting and it doesn't even matter to them but if you guys take the responsibility at boss man and mm -hmm, you, mm -hmm. you create you know you you expose this narrative as a responsibility for us as hunters to help conserve you know you you shoot you kill your ducks and you have a retriever those are the two most you know positive influences from, from a hunter's perspective a duck hunter's perspective in taking that responsibility to the next level and recovering every duck that we shoot or mm -hmm. or completely missing you know a duck so it does go back to the prairie pothole region in in the spring right right there's a lot of birds crippled that are lost that people don't even know they crippled mhm mm i mean oh yeah well, think about that. Think about a crippling. Think about how people, rightly so, let's say, and then you're a bow hunter, you're on stand and you cripple a buck and you lose the buck. I mean, think about that, how bad you feel. We feel horrible, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Why don't people feel that with ducks? Is it yeah, because that's they're a great question. Is it, is it because they're little? Is it because you have so many more shots at them that they become insignificant? Again, that's a narrative change. But think mm -hmm. about it if we could change that one. Oh, and we can. That I don't even think that's a tough one. That's mm -hmm. just that's just giving a shit. Yeah, that's taking that's taking the the uh, the, the I guess the terms and the and the responsibility factor from saying a natural resource to a disposable resource because people take it for granted. The people that take exactly. it for granted probably weren't hunting ducks in 1983 when it sucked, you know? I mean, <laughs> when I think it was a two-bird limit, yeah, or a point system and a hand mallard was 100 points, right? Yeah, and then and you'd go out to hunt all day for two ducks, and that's when you really knew how valuable it was mm -hmm. because – you could go out and, and, and hunt early in the morning, shoot your ducks at daylight, right at legal shooting time, and then not even decoy another bird all day, but you stayed out there anyway because you loved it so much. That's when you don't take it for granted. Right. I'll yeah, give you another narrative lead for the South. Yeah. I'll give mm -hmm. you another one for the South. How many people sit in a duck blind? For an extra two hours just to kill three or four more ducks that 
that they winged or lost or which you shouldn't be anyway if it goes down you should count it i mean that's just how it is because that count ducks the way feds count them anyway beside the point think about no, the number of no, people that's that stay a, out there or just to kill two more ducks that will sit in a blind and screw a hole up just for a couple of ducks stay out mm-hmm. there at 11 or 12 o'clock mm-hmm. when they're shooting a good ammo whether it be boss or whatever it may be you, you kill those two ducks that you needed at Six forty-five. Mm-hmm. There's man, man. Is this when you start going down roads like this? It just gets me. There's so many things that I could talk about that I would like to see changed. <laughs> oh man, oh man. Yeah, it's. Oh, there's lots of narratives that I think need to be. That I need to be re- that I think need to be reversed. Bad trends. Hey, Bad Lee, where did you get the, Where did you get that number from? The three and a half million. Where'd you get that number from? Oh, I could. I, I'll send it to you. I, I can. That would be easy for me to search my phone and come up with that again and send it to you. You can read it. Yeah, I'd love to see that because mm-hmm. yeah, look, and I, and I know that we stretch that saying fifty percent. What? Is, seriously. Think about it. If you sent 10% back to mm-hmm. breeding grounds, mm-hmm. 350,000, let's say a bare minimum, 10%, mm-hmm. 350,000 extra ducks going back to the breeding right. grounds. Right. That's huge. You got, you got, oh, huge. It's, I'm telling you, dude, when you think about it, it's like, and again, think about this. We don't need any. Rules, regulations, better have nothing. That's on us. So I thought of this. You know how, like, hashtags, what was that really popular one? The Black Lives Matter. They work. I mean, they work. That hashtag works. Those movements work. Those new ones for the ladies, for all the girls' pigs that are out there that do bad things to women. What's that? What's, you know what they are. I can't remember the name of that. Time's up, those kind of hashtags. I would love to, I thought about, you, you guys know Sam Soholt, right? Mm-hmm. Sammy, you know, this guy's got a great heart, right? His heart's in the right, his heart's in the right place when it comes to wildlife and public lands and all this stuff. Again, narratives. When, um, oh shoot, I just lost my train of thought. Where, what was I talking about? talking about he asked you about uh you know crippled duck numbers and the number of ducks going mm-hmm. back to the uh, oh, breeding yeah. grounds okay. the hashtag no the hashtag the hashtag hashtag so it was it, i'm trying to think of a hashtag and i ran this one by sam and i said do you think we could get the community to get behind this jake i talked to you about this too a while back get the community behind it and the hashtag would be know the shot and not n-o but k-n-o-w the shot know what you're shooting like is that really a good shot because the crippling shot is the one you probably should have knowed yourself off right mm-hmm. 
You know what I'm saying, right? Let's say a bunch oh, yeah. of birds come like in. Like a Hail Mary. Bunch of birds, and, yeah, a bunch of birds come in a hole and you shoot. And the good, the good shots, the good decoying, the really killable shots happen. And then as the birds are going away, everybody dumps their gun. Mm-hmm. Right? That's... That might not be the best shot to take, right? And it's about it's I'm about not, as effective as a Hail Mary in football. People try it when they've got three seconds left, you right. know, before half right. or before the right. game's over, but how many times right. does it actually work? Right. Do you do that with a deer or a sheep or an elk? No. No, you don't go out there flinging arrows around. Am I right? Some people do, but we don't. No. Yeah, well, no. Here's the other thing. I don't, right? I mean, like I'm on this pulpit, my high horse here. I cripple ducks and lose ducks too. And I feel bad when it happens. Like it drives me absolutely nuts. Right? But I promise you my rate isn't a third of what I kill. And that's what that number is. If you look at total harvest numbers versus what we lose, it's a third. That's what they say, one in three. I read an article hey, in... Lee, yeah, go ahead. Where, where are you cost-wise in comparison to... Uh, I'm just asking. I, I hadn't even checked into it. Oh, no, it's no problem. Where, 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 where is the boss ammo in comparison? And I have a point to this question. In comparison okay. to other ammos. Okay, so... In comparison to other designer loads, and I call designer loads like high-end loads outside of the steel game, outside of steel shells, they're like really inexpensive in comparison, but we're direct to consumer, right? So there's really no markup. So if you take that two and three quarter inch number five that we call a shorty, that copper plated bismuth shell, it's a dollar twenty a squeeze. Right, so it's a little over twenty-five dollars, or right at thirty dollars a box. Or y'all don't sell them in boxes. Yeah, and we you sell, sell we in sell the, in the canvas we, bag. We sell them in. I think it's two hundred and forty a case, and there's two hundred in the case. People would go, "Why is there two hundred in the case?" There's normally there's two fifty. Well, lots of the lots of people now, way, way, way more than used to, travel to Canada. And when they hit the border, you're allowed 200, 200 shells that are packaged in original packaging. You're allowed 200 shells per gun without paying duty. And a lot of guys were having their cases busted apart. And they would actually, they'd either pay duty or they'd actually, in some cases, they'd leave their shells, some shells behind. So I'm like, and I travel to Canada a lot. And I always thought it would be cool to have 200. You just say, they ask you at the border, how many shells you got? You got 200. Can I see them? Yeah. You open up your case, and there's your bag, your bulk bag, and your canvas money bag in there. And so I thought that was a, a good thing for the consumer to have that. You know, try to think about the boys and the cool the boys and girls that are heading up across the border. You know, that they wouldn't have to deal with another thing at the border. Just that. So anyway, they're buck twenty a shell, and if you factor in what that shell does in comparison to even a lower price point shell killing rates far superior to it 
and when you really notice a difference. Has you ever seen it? You ever seen somebody shoot a like a bluebill or a redhead on the water and it's crippled, and them try to kill it with a three-inch BB steel? You ever see what that looks like? Oh yeah, patterns. I mean, how many? Oh, yeah. How many? Well, how many shells do they shoot? They'll shoot three, or or more, or ten. Chasing it, you know. I mean, just just kill them. All right, just for reference, most steel shots going to be somewhere in that seventy-five to ninety cents around um, price range. Here's my point: Sitka, yep. Sitka waders. How much do they cost? Real quick, I could a thousand or something. Thousand nine hundred bucks. Nine hundred give or take. Bucks. Then, yeah, yeah, depending give on take. where you buy them. Jacket, yep. Sitka jacket or Drake jacket. I don't care which boat you fall in. What? Just give me an average number for a coat. Jake Sitka might, might be what four, three, four hundred, five, three, three fifty to five hundred. Yeah, yep. Rager or boat, both of them gonna be about the same price, ten to twenty thousand dollars, <laughs> depending on how you outfit them to get yep. to your hole. My point in all of this is mm-hmm. people will spend all top end money mm-hmm. for things that don't freaking matter at all mm-hmm. they do not matter because you mm-hmm. can wear blaze orange into a duck hole get next to a tree and kill ducks <laughs> the thing that does matter <laughs> and i am not trying to promote boss i what gets me is i would drive so many clients so many clients to an outfitter store the day that they would arrive hey let's go to the hunt store this afternoon before dinner okay they would go to the hunting store here they are Pulling tags off of, they just spent $5,000 on stuff to get here. Brand new gun, brand new everything. And then they go to the outfitter store and they spend 12 bucks on mm-hmm. a box of shells, 14 bucks. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Thank you. The thing Thanks that matters that the most. Mm-hmm. Why crazy. go cheap there? Abs- crazy. Absolutely crazy. And if, and if you hear the comment where they say it doesn't matter, they're just as good, my answer to that is, you can argue that two plus two is four, but you're wrong. It's math. It's physics. It's well, not agree. possible that they're as good. That's just people that don't want to spend any money and buy the cheapest stuff. That's what I'm saying. When, you, when they look at a duck's life, how did that happen that we got to this place where that duck's life is insignificant? I'm not like that. I want, I want, I'll die trying to change that narrative. I don't know if y'all, either one of y'all have crossed paths with Pat Pitt. You know, Pat, Pat is the world's number one advocate of, you know, why spend all that money and then the thing that matters the most is a shell and you go cheap on that. Him and Bradley Ramsey both, which are a big part of Duck South. But why why go cheap on the thing that matters the most? It it, it makes no sense. Mm-hmm. And I, again, I, like, I, I'm not again. trying to turn this into an infomercial for boss, but I, no, I'm no, just no, saying. No, 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 of course not. I mean, we're talking about a narrative here. Again, yeah. Arch, archery hunters, pre-season, they practice, practice, practice. Right? Unlike Allen Iverson, they're into the practice. <laughs> right? I mean, they're into it. 
right? Talking about they're, practice. They're into it with their, and they're, yeah, you're talking about practice? So they're, yeah, we are talking about practice. Put the stuff on paper. Put a choke in. Back up. Research. Shoot at 30 yards. Shoot at 40 yards. Try another one. Look at it and go, okay, I get it. I see it. That's different. I'm like, man. Now, if I miss, it's on me because it's clearly that I can see that I've got enough pattern density here to when I hit something, it's going to die, right? Thank you. Just do it. You go on a sheep. You spend fifty. If you spend fifty thousand dollars on a goat or a sheep hunt or two hundred on a sheep hunt somewhere, they have the best guns and the best scopes and the best shells, and they're. I mean, they're dialed in. Right? That's what we have to do. We got to dial it in. I think it's this goes, goes back to people taking it for granted that it's a disposable resource because of the frequency of op- the, the opportunities, right. frequency. Like, okay, well, I missed or I crippled that one. I mean, you see people laughing about it. And I'm sure, you know, people are rolling their eyes that this discussion may be. You know, across the board, well, but it's it's a matter of people caring and not caring, and and putting that value on that 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 value on an animal, an individual animal. You know, when they pull the trigger, and again, it's it's frequency involved that that allows people to take it for granted. If we were allowed to go out and kill one duck a day per person, and we had to tag it. We had to check it in. I'll bet you that would change because there's more value mm-hmm. on it at that point. Mm-hmm. And now it's just mm-hmm. like, well, you know, if you don't if you don't find that one, go shoot another one. You know, mm-hmm. people hey, ask. Kind of disgusting, uh, really, Lee, when you think about it. Uh, Lee brought up a very very good point. If there's anybody that knows and understands bow hunting, it's you. Think back on something, Jay. How much did you practice the first couple of few bows that you had? Mm-hmm. In comparison Every day, to, all day. Yeah. In, in <laughs> comparison to waterfowlers. Till you're sore, you know? Yeah. I mean, think about waterfowlers. How much time is actually spent getting ready in comparison to the way bow hunters get ready for the season? There's none, hardly none, at all. None, none. Well, you see it as an as an outfitter, you know, which I did for over ten years on on the Platte River, and you know, getting fired back up again to be a guide at Prairie Rock Outfitters. You see it all the time, and you see who shows up, who hasn't practiced, and who's weekend hunters. And granted, I'm not criticizing these people because. You know, that's why they come to places like us to, to you know, to, to experience that on a high frequency level, you know, in a short amount of time. But you can you can clearly see it. You start getting more cripples. You start getting more misses. You have to spend more time in the hole because you're not killing birds on a... On I'm talking, you know, gunshot per opportunity ratio, the success ratio goes down at times. And, you know, I mean, as an outfitter, man, you start thinking about these things like, oh, man, we just, 
fired into another big flock of birds and you know we crippled three of them and they got away or no one no one killed anything so we have to spend more time in the hole and again you know from our perspective at least my perspective a you're trying to manage the resource not only from a from a you know mm. positive a positive perspective in terms of killing your birds stone dead but also time management and 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 life conservation management so that mm -hmm. you know you're in and out of there and you're not you're not burning your hole and you're not educating more birds you know every single exactly. time you, you fire a volley that's another one that's another one mm -hmm. big one jake mm -hmm. educate mm -hmm. birds huge mm -hmm. huge mm -hmm. not only for yeah. yourselves but you know if you're thinking about this from a non-egotistical perspective right. then you're also thinking about who's the next guy that's going to you know see that flock or you know, you it, you're just trying to be fair, fair to the resource and fair to the to the game, not just the game birds, mm -hmm. but the game itself, the heritage, mm -hmm. right? Hundred hundred percent. And like exactly. I said, I don't, I don't, I know for Lee's benefit and Brandon and and all the guys at Boss, so yeah, it, it'd be beneficial to buy Boss. But man, don't go cheap. Don't go cheap mm -hmm. when it comes to ammo. Mm -hmm. No, please. <laughs> please. All, all great points. And Jake, I know you gotta get to the airport, so I'm gonna have we're gonna have to close this out. Any final thoughts from either of you guys? Man, man that went fast. It does. It always interesting <laughs> conversation always goes too fast. Are you kidding me? Oh man. I will say this. You wait till next week's episode. I am really really looking forward to because we didn't even get to our original point of where we were headed. <laughs> the bus was going. We didn't even today. get there. <laughs> we didn't even get we to didn't fan even the fire. Get there. We didn't even, no, we didn't even pour a grease on it yet. <laughs> oh, I got a good story for you, too. <laughs> it's really hey, good. Okay. So, so out and about, let me just tell you all this. There's, there's had a lot of great compliments of People just run into him and say, "Man, that that podcast with you and Lee and Jake." I've had three people in the past week since we recorded the last one um, walk up to me and say, "Man, that that thing is awesome." Because y'all, it's like y'all. I'm sitting in a room with y'all, listening to y'all sit across the table, drink drinking coffee, just having a conversation. Yeah, you know, some some episodes you have to kind of push. But I'm just saying this live and with you guys, it, it, it's easy to do episodes like this when the conversation is so great. I hope the I hope the listeners like it. That's what I told oh, my they, wife, you know, because my wife listens to them. I still haven't re listened to one, and she listens to them, and I'm like, really? I mean, I find that crazy that I even interesting <laughs> somebody would want to listen to anything i had to say because she's totally bored with me you know so. <laughs> oh but no i i appreciate it man i'm really glad that you're having me on because there's lots of things i'd like to talk about too i can tell you i got i did get a bunch of like text messages or direct messages from people and not only boss but the chose my chose outdoors feed and it, they were like really, really nice, really nice comments. That's fun to hear. 
So don't worry. Don't worry. When we get into one of these later ones, I'll get some comments with you. You're not going to be very nice. Yeah. <laughs> it's, com- it's coming. It's yeah, coming. I'm, looking for- I'm looking forward to him. <laughs> oh, I promise it's coming, dude. <laughs> oh, I- I- well, you guys, thank you, and thank both of you. I'm, I'm serious. It's, it's a blast. I think next week is going to be, uh, if it goes according to plan, it'll be kind of like a small small little device blowing up next week. <laughs> we got okay. we got to get right we got to get right to the right to it or else we'll go off on a tangent cuz we have so much to talk about. We have to get right to it. <laughs> All right. All right, guys. Jake, Thank y'all Jake, again. Jake, be careful. Yep, Jake, good luck shooting. Thank you guys. You bet. All right, thank y'all again. We want to thank all of you that listened to this edition of the End of the Line podcast, powered by DuckSouth.com.